Well, I don't, I don't hope I'm not sick. I don't think I'm sick. Um, blood results show I'm kind of over the worst of that. Um, but uh, yeah, in terms of fitness, if you think about it, you have two, like you have maybe a month off in the winter, and then you get three months to prepare for the season. I had two months off, and then about seven weeks to get ready for the Tour de France. So, uh, obviously, I'm not in ideal condition. Um, but the good thing about being a, a sprinter is, you know, you can sometimes you can win on luck. Hello, thanks for joining Cycling Journals on the Road. Bonjour, this is Gregor Brown in Dusseldorf, where the Tour de France is starting just now with the time trial. I'm joined this afternoon with Henry Robert Shaw from Cycling Weekly. We're in the press center, a big complex north of the city on the Rhine River. Henry, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm, I'm very good, Gregor, very good. I'm glad I'm inside because it's absolutely chucking it down this time trial. Isn't it? Well, well good to have you along. Uh, Mark Cavendish of Team Dimension Data, the Tour de France's best ever sprinter and winner of 30 stages in this race is on the start list but barely made it. He was knocked out for nearly three months with glandular fever and only returned to racing in the Tour of Slovenia and the British Championships on his home island, the Isle of Man. We heard from him at the start of this podcast and, and he says he is over the worst. Henry, you work for Cycling Weekly and you follow Mark Cavendish closely and we listened to Mark Cavendish in the press conference, uh, what was it, yesterday afternoon. What's your impression of Cavendish in this Tour de France? Uh, he's, he's very calm. He's, uh, he's obviously been here a lot of times before so I know exactly what he's doing but I think it's, um, what he's saying is quite unsure of the sort of form he's in obviously he's been out a lot of time and he was really saying a lot about he doesn't know uh, how glandular fever will continue to affect him because it's a sort of illness that you can um, you feel great one day and the next day you just feel completely out of it so I think he's he's playing down his chances but whether that's him actually thinking that he hasn't got much of a chance or whether he's just trying to manage expectations and put the pressure on other guys I'm not, not so sure we'll have to We'll have to wait and see. 30 stage wins. Uh, he won four last year uh, when some had already written him off before the start of the race. And of course, a career first. He put on that yellow jersey after winning stage one to Utah Beach. And he, and he had that yellow jersey for one day. In 2009, he dominated the race with six stage wins. Now he says he'll be lucky if he wins one. He said he'll evaluate his stages, his shape, excuse me, his shape day by day. Although there's always going to be kind of external pressure on my shoulder for results. I know exactly where I'm at, I know exactly where I'm done, where, <coughs> what I've done, and uh, and every year I know exactly um, where I'm at condition-wise to be able to come and say I expect to win stages. But this year I come here and I know I haven't done what I need to do to, to go out and be bullish that I'm going to win multiple stages. I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm quite realistic. Um, but there's an opportunity I can win a stage at least. Um, but let me stress, there's an opportunity. Just there's an opportunity that 200 bike riders you saw in this bike race have a chance to win a stage. So Henry, we've been looking over the road book, and it looks like there should be about seven flat stages that should suit the sprinters. What is possible for Cavendish in, in this uh, tour? Do you think uh, seven sprints? <laughs> I think I think Cavendish is so experienced. He's the sort of guy he'll he'll be up there every single day. In all those sprints. I think so. I think he'll be in the top ten. Obviously, he doesn't quite often when he's not going to win. He often sits up, so he might like roll in twelfth or whatever. But he'll he'll be there with the, a kilometre, a kilometre after go. Um, he might not have dimension data sprint team in front of him because he's got guys like Quick Step and Lotus Adele have come here pretty strong. 
Yeah, he said he'll be working off a quick step. He said he'd be an idiot not to do so, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think, oh, well, I completely agree with him, to be honest. I mean, Kittel has got by far the strongest lead out to it. Uh, train here. I think I think he'll be there all the time, and I think that'll probably be enough for one day. Kittle crashes, Grapple gets caught on the wrong side of a split. Uh, I think that'll probably be enough for him to at least pick up one stage win somewhere along the way. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider reviewing them in iTunes. It will make them more visible to others when they search. And become a supporter by making a donation. You can send money via PayPal. To this email, gmarone at gmail.com. That's G, M as in Mary, A, R, R, O, N as in Nancy, E as in Edward, at gmail.com. It's listed on our Facebook page, along with the other donation options. You're listening to Cycling Journals on the Road. In the winter, Kevin Ashoin takes one month off and builds up slowly again for the season with a two-month build-up. It's amazing to think he's uh, in this race after uh, nearly two months off, or just, I think just over two months since they pulled out of the Milan San Remo, and he's been building up for only seven weeks, leading into the national championships last weekend, where his teammate Steve Cummings won the time trial on the road race. He was even unsure if he could race in the Tour de France. A few weeks ago, I really thought it was a 0% chance, and obviously... Uh, I had to race to see if I could even put myself forward um, and uh, throughout Tour Slovenia uh, I, I felt better each day um, I still didn't think I was going to set the world alight but uh, at least I felt better and uh, actually I'm, I'm really now to be here I'm really happy that the, the team did select me because uh, you know uh, it's a great environment we've got a great team here and, uh, and we want to go out you know um, Tour de France is such a massive race, it's so important to me and uh, and it's what's made this team grow as well. How hard will it be on Mark if he doesn't win right away in this Tour de France? I think uh, in the past he hasn't on the past that all the pressure's put on him. If he doesn't if he doesn't win by stage three then uh, everyone's saying, Oh my goodness, Mark Cavendish has passed it, he'll never win another Tour de France stage again and in his press conference he was in exactly that, but that's what everyone always says. He made a big play on the fact that he's he's not putting He's not listening to the external pressure of journalists like us uh, saying that Mark Cavendish... He's not listening to us. He's not listening. Mark Cavendish isn't listening to me. I think he'll be very disappointed if he doesn't win a stage, but I think I think at the same time he's realistic. It's going to be hard on him if he doesn't win one early on, right away? Uh, I don't know. He doesn't. I mean, he doesn't always come out of the gates flying. He always, uh, quite often, takes a few stages. Few, he doesn't, doesn't often win the first sprint in Tour de France, to be honest. So I think he's, he's experienced enough that he won't let it get to him and he won't that it psychologically affect him, I think. We have, of course, uh, Bohani, who is out on the course right now. It's a wet course, and he's just making his way around the corners ever so gingerly. And, and of course, Cavendish's lead-out man for many years, Mark Renshaw, just rolled down the wet start ramp in Dusseldorf. The sprinters this year, we have, of course, already mentioned Bohani. We have uh, Damar from FTJ, Kittle leading the strong quick step team Christoph whose form is a little bit questionable leaving leading team Katusha in the sprints I mean we have uh, some a pretty deep sprint field would you say I think it's it's, it's a deep uh, sprint field but I think there's not it's not that many I mean Kittle's the only real one that really stands out as a a real top class sprinter. I mean, Andre Greipel's good in his day, but. Greipel, and of course, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Peter Sagan, the world champion here, who, who's not an outright sprinter, but can sprint with the best. Yeah, uh, I mean, Sagan will be up there, top five every day. 
but I, I just don't know whether he's got the in the past he hasn't always had the top end uh, speed to get past the likes of Kittle and Cab. so I think I mean looking at the sprint field Kittle's the man who everyone is looking at and everyone expects to win multiple stages in this year's race Mark Cavendish appears to be on the upward trend but even Cavendish is unsure if he could fall ill again I was a bike rider because I didn't go to medical school so um, roughly can't can't predict it. That's the thing about this illness, you can't predict it anyway. But uh, yeah, if, uh, if I was on the limit, then maybe I won't be here. But uh, I seem to have good feelings and uh, also makes it to the France. Um, I have a job and uh, I can tell you if I didn't want to be here, um, the team would be alright without it. being massive supportive of, of making me get over the race, looking at my future. Um, rather than just this year, and I'm very fortunate for that, so uh, if I didn't think, you know, I was over the worst, then, then I wouldn't have put myself forward for selection, and I think the team would have been arrived at as well. The Tour de France begins with a time trial in Dusseldorf, but already stage two, we have our first sprint likely, and we could find out much more about Cavendish's form. I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to see one of the best sprinters in the Tour de France history back doing his thing. Henry, thanks for joining me on this podcast to talk about Mark Cavendish. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.